I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Hello and welcome to the Juvenalia Pride Special. We have a panel. It's very exciting. For only the third time in Juvenalia history, we have Ellen Tannum. Hi. And Sarah Maria Griffin. Hello. In the same room. Yeah. <gasps> sitting near microphones. Yeah. We're both real at the same time. It's very exciting. And we have writer and DJ, Connor Bean. Yes. Um, <laughs> listening to the crowd, I was like, what else is he going to say? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, I do those things. <laughs> GIF expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God for Giffy. The GIF button has changed my life. Yeah. yeah on social media. And Thank all of you. ours, too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And we also have outspoken word artist, Vicky Curtis. Hello. Hello. Yes. So we're going to start with Vicky. What are you going to talk to us about? Uh, the Golden Girls, I guess, yes. is my chosen topic. Why did you choose that? Why did I choose that? Because mm-hmm. he's asked me to pick a pop culture thing that was important to me growing up as an LGBTQI mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So the Golden Girls was um, a big part of my growing up. I guess it was like Friday nights with my aunts and my mom's, you know, get my hair wa- get my hair brushed and sitting down and they, w- they were all watching it. And I guess my, a lot of the things were going over my head at the time. But, like, later on then, when it was being repeated on TG Cahir, I'd watch them all again. Mm. And it was like, oh, my God, this show was amazing. It's really funny. It's it's really funny. Dealing with, like, there's this episode where they go to buy condoms in, like, and this is, like... These are older women, you know, who are retirees or whatever, and they're in the shop and the chemist and they're buying a packet of condoms. And it is one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. Like, and then they go off and like Rose doesn't know what they are and she's on a cruise and she's using them as water balloons. But it's like, (laughs) it's just like getting people talking. And they were like talking about AIDS and like they had gay characters come in and out. Like, Mm. so... You don't even see that nowadays with four women in their like 60s, you know, in the retirement years mm-hmm. talking about that kind of thing. Um, so for the era, I think it was really important and it was really important for me to be exposed to that, you know, stuff, albeit at the same time being absolutely bloody hilarious mm. and eating cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your favourite golden girl? Yeah. Sophia. I did yeah. a quiz and I got Sophia. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, because I don't know anything about the Golden Girls except for that, like, they're all, like, like you said, like, women and they deal with, like, you know, funny topics that you might not necessarily, like, ascribe to like women their age at the time. And I did a BuzzFeed quiz and I got Sophia. Oh, uh, yeah. She Which was, she seems pretty cool. Yeah, she's she pretty was, gassed, like, Yeah, she would just, she wouldn't take any of their shit. She knew everything. All of, all of, like her stories, Sicily in like nineteen oh four. You know, like she was just that the the epitome of that like New York Italian person, mm-hmm. um, which I guess I had a lot of relations over there in in New York, and she, she reminded me a lot of um, my cousin's granny, um, from from New York, that old kind of old school Italian stuff. But like it had like Rose, who was the bonkers one, who was like from you know kind of Quaker. You know Minnesota. You know, then there was Dorothy, who was Sophia's daughter, and she was like this sassy, divorced, divorcee, you know, school teacher, kind of real bossy. Wouldn't you know, you know, 
wouldn't was always like not listening to her man and stuff and Sophia had all the answers like mm, she was always right court. like yeah. Sophia anything so, that came out of Sophia's mouth was like that is the answer to everything and then it was Blanche who was the hussy like there was men in and out of her room <laughs> like no tomorrow like you know but not being in a judgy way like the, you know Sophia like make a comment about it or whatever and it would kind of more so always be Dorothy kind of having a bitch about like her hussiness or, or whatever but like yeah so seeing that like there were just great female role models in four in four different kind of ways you know being like you can't be mad you can't be a hussy and you can't be a bitch you know mm-hmm. all at once and all get on and yeah all, and like, all get love on love each other isn't it wasn't that kind yeah, of the whole was... buzz of it that they all really cared about each other and I think that's a lovely that was a lovely kind of buzz off it. You yeah. know what I mean? That no matter how different they all are and how much bickering, how there's a difference between bickering and fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. how you can family touch. bickering, but yeah. you still are like, I will fight you. Like yeah, if you yeah. hurt my sister or something, you know. You can yeah, and like, and, and they weren't, they like, the, well, Sophie and Dorothy were obviously related, but like they had no relation to each other apart from the fact that they lived in this one house. And mm-hmm. I think it was Blanche's house. And she was looking, it was set in Miami. So it was like the Florida, the retirement state. So it's like, you know, Go and retire in Florida, and Blanche had like rooms, like what seemed like a bungalow from the outside, but like it had wings. <laughs> you know, houses to be like. Yeah. Yeah. In your, we had a we had a, briefly went on holidays to Florida when I was nineteen, and we rented this holiday gaff. And it was like what. They're like, what? where are all the rooms coming from? Florida houses just spawn extra, extra rooms. rooms. It comes yeah. out of the swamp water. I don't know yeah. what is happening out there. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge places. Yeah. Like, and uh. I think that whole retirement, like that age that they're at, I think is probably what protects the show from a certain amount of criticism, that things could happen within the context of their gaff, like all the, the, the riding and the fighting mm-hmm. and all of these things that would otherwise be kind of scandalous in a sitcom because they're older and you can get away with more because they're sweet old ladies. It's not yeah, threatening yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's they're, they're playing kind of yeah. a bigger trick on you than you even think. Mm. Yeah, because it's also like, not the kind of... Now that the humour from older ladies and stuff comes from, oh, that old woman said fart. Yeah. And it's yeah. not that humour. It's properly well written. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's yeah. the shit. Like, it's not it just really like, smart. this is a banana. Christopher Lloyd goes. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just, I remember, like, I remember going to Florida for the first time and going to Orlando Airport and just being like, oh my God, I am in the Golden <laughs> Girls. I was like, this is the style. Oh like, now I get Florida. Aesthetic, it's real. It's yeah. real. Yeah. I was like, yeah. ah. <laughs> Just like palm trees and like pink. Oh, and everything. Like, yeah. And like, you know, that kind of wicker chair. Yeah. You know? yeah. Everything is kind of white off white. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and like hot pinks everywhere. It's like, oh yeah. And Americans are so down on it, but whatever, man. Go on holidays. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah enjoy totally. yourselves. Enjoy your life. Yeah. What age were you when you were watching it with your family? Like, I guess really really small well, like I like... was it was probably around like 7 or 8 like it yeah. started Golden Girls started in 1985 so it probably didn't hit Irish screens so probably yeah, like too was it on Sky 1 do I ever remember if it oh, I don't know Sky... I, we didn't have Sky I think it was on RT it was on TG Cahir I mean, they were TG Cahir repeated it yeah yeah. TG Cahir repeated it for a long time years and years it used to be just on at like half three in the afternoon. Just um, on the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to record it just to catch up, a f- catch a few episodes before yeah. you catch yeah. up on your YouTube. <laughs> so you're um, like so what, like six, seven, eight? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, that I really remember, like yeah. kind of kicking in. Do you remember ever being like actually shocked by any of the stuff that you were talking about? Were you ever like, like as well, a little kid, con- being like, what is that? Like, well, the condom episode, I remember them being like. You know, they were brushing my hair and then the hair dryer went on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, freaking out. Like. The ultimate instrument of censorship. Yeah, yeah the hair dryer. 
so um, yeah so like things like, I, I guess things like that with my family kind of reacting to it it's like what? why are they re- yeah. reacting Sometimes, to that yeah. like, your parents reacting is what tips you off not the content because yeah. you don't yeah. know economies but your mom goes oh, just, just say you're like, <laughs> yeah. suddenly you're like oh you probably wouldn't have even noticed yeah. the economy mm-hmm. your parents hadn't been like or you know oh, yeah, members aren't yeah, if there's something you. I really watch The Simpsons by myself yes. and now yes. I go back and realize there's so many sex jokes that mm-hmm. I didn't even notice oh, happened yeah. no, I wasn't even allowed but if I watched it my parents and they'd reacted to it no Simpsons in my house really that's why I don't get it that's why I don't like get or like The Simpsons because I'm like I do not I didn't understand it then don't understand it now it's weird because it isn't a kid's cartoon but there's something about watching that show as a kid that like gives you a sort of weird yeah it's weird it gives you, it gives you a like, vocabulary yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I have that vocabulary via osmosis yeah yeah, yeah 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 you probably so know so many of the jokes. things that happen just by being around and like proximal to like lads at parties like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. like there are human beings who I Pack know Scorpio like Th- shut up 30 year old adults who communicate exclusively in Simpsons but it was really I, I guess the, the limited kind of touchstones that I've had of it since mm-hmm. it's, is it, it wasn't for children and mm. I think that's probably no. why I wasn't allowed to watch it because mm. I was a child. I watched yeah, it yeah, like yeah. with my entire family. Like it was my mom and dad were sort of like, if if they don't get, they won't get it now, they'll get it later. Like and then we can be like, oh, isn't that gas? Like mm. I, The Simpsons is like the one thing that I watched every like every Sunday on Sky One. There'd be a new episode. Yeah, and I remember like when the new episodes came out, and they would still be an event. Whereas now, the New Simpsons, like nobody cares. But it used to be like yeah. we're going to find out who shot Mr. Burns or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It would be like a real. Like soap opera type thing. Mm. When we were about nine or ten, my mother decided we were going to start going to mass at half six on Sundays instead of in the morning, which means oh, we'd miss no. the new Simpsons every week. Oh, I'd be raged. Outraged. My Absolutely brother. outraged. Yeah. No. I think watching like comedies with your older people in your family when you're young is really informal. Because I remember I used to watch wrestling on Friday nights when I was like six or seven. <laughs> Me too. But then <laughs> comedy. I used to hear my mother in the other room laughing. I was like, I want to watch what she's watching. And she's watching Have I Got News For You and Who's Lines It Anyway oh, yeah. and Frasier and Cheers. Oh, so I started sitting in with her instead. And that's how I got into comedy from being like wow. eight and watching the, all those oh, things. Yeah. Friday nights. Watching Frasier when you're eight as well. No, eh? I wasn't yeah. allowed to watch Frasier. Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch Friends. It. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. There was rules, rules, rules to the walls. But I was allowed to watch Frasier. I've seen every single episode of Frasier except the last one. I can identify an episode of Frasier if you put it, if you put a still on I have an encyclopedia. It's my universe. University Challenge special topic mm. except the ending I don't know how it ends uh-huh. Frasier is so, so good it's so so, yeah, so, so very good. good and again because but also because it's couched in this very specific backdrop of like fancy Seattle rich ass people mm. it's yeah. full of sex jokes it's full yeah. of scandalous mm-hmm. stuff Frasier's an asshole for the record mm-hmm. oh he's, he's not, not a nice man, man. Not, 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 a nice not a nice man, man. not a nice <laughs> gentleman no it had that thing of it was a spin-off of a big show in a way I think that means there's almost actually no expectations on a spin-off as yeah. well as Long it's like Joey. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. there was the Golden it's Palace after the Golden Girl. Oh, really? And that yeah. was, what was, yeah. The Golden Palace. The Golden Palace. See, uh, Golden that was Girl. like only two years on, wasn't yeah, it? it was yeah, on, but it was it was bloody brilliant. Was it? Yeah, because the uh, Golden Girls finished because uh, B. Arthur was like, see you later, I've had enough of this. She was yeah. apparently uh Oh yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate hearing that. Like, you know, yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. I know, don't, I know. Don't ruin them for me. Then, <laughs> so she left. Um, and then the other three did uh, the Golden Palace, so they invested in uh, like a Miami hotel, like a rundown Miami hotel, and it was gas. But it was just like it didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But it just didn't. It didn't. I guess it didn't get the viewership that mm. it, you know, which is a shame. Mm. But uh, it was like it was. It was also quite fab. More and more rooms. 
because <laughs> <laughs> it was a hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Is this yeah. Where did this swimming pool come yeah, from? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's Florida, man. It just made a paper. It folds and it folds and it folds. It's funny too because we were just we went in that little like mini Simpsons moment there, and the Simpsons is so like constantly on air even now yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. Mm. It's on like at one point it was on Irish television and so. It's Mission Barrett Simpson. But it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's on our state examinations. But I kind of feel a bit like with Golden Girls, like it was this huge, like it was obviously huge in America at the time. Yeah. But you obviously watched mm. me from me as a kid and and you we were watching the reruns and stuff. But I feel like it doesn't have the same maybe it's Universe. a generational thing. Yeah. Like mm. I don't know, was it maybe not it's quite as the big patriarchy here. Yeah. <laughs> program about women. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, all you ladies. Don't do sex they never have done. No, no. Have my parents no, watched it actually because so. I remember watching it with my parents, and they're not like gender warriors or anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're very conventional. <laughs> yeah. They're all like, "What?" But Sorry. I think, I think <laughs> in America, it's a much bigger. Yes. So remember, I used to be on yes. US websites like Metafilter and stuff, and yeah. a lot of the LGBT quite people on there would. It was a huge thing for them, oh, yeah, for, that's and it's like, thinking, and yeah. everybody go, yeah, of course it's the gold girls, and it's like it's hmm. universal. You see that on Twitter, a lot touchstone. of like writers in America, mm. like LGBTQI writers, are like, will do like big like four thousand word things on the Golden Girls, and like will get a huge reaction from them, yeah. from an American audience, because like it must have been a much bigger cultural touchstone there. Yeah, mm. I do, and I can't. Is, I'm wondering is that even just something as basic as maybe at the time it didn't get aired you know, like our scheduling was bad or something scheduling rope here yeah. something. I'm wondering because it's just strange they, I've noticed that I've noticed a lot of like just queer audience in the States still talk about it like I was mm. listening to podcasts interviewing different drag queens this week just and then you said to me, oh, Vic will be on to a Golden Girls. I was like, I've just listened to so many drag queens this week. It's, mm. it's like, just so the fab. Like, yeah. I mean, Blanche, like, she totally is a drag camp. queen. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, you know, Sophia is that little, she's that little just cutting, like that little With off the, the cut. Yes, yeah. yeah. that's real, like, you know. Reading. Yeah. Dropping shade left, yeah. right yeah. and centre. Re- read them all. <laughs> Even when I went on Hulu in the States, that big streaming library, there was, it was a big deal. They were like, mm. we have gotten the rights to this super syndicated sitcom that's always mm. on TV and you can watch mm. at leisure. And I saw people I know from the States be like, oh my God, finally. And I'm like, this show is 30 years old. Like, yeah. it's rare those things come out. And it's like, still, because I'd, cause I'd like, yeah, well, I've tuned it. I'd, like, I'd go looking for an episode or two, you know. Yeah. And you're having a down day and you just want to check yeah. in with the girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that like your comfort TV like yeah, your yeah, yeah, totally. yeah that and I, if I'm ever sick I always watch Calamity Jane oh reason. my god yeah. can we talk about Calamity Jane yeah. are you serious yeah. oh. I fucking love it it's one of my favourite a woman's films. touch a woman's <laughs> touch <laughs> So I when I went to IDT, right, one of the first classes we took on film queer theory, right? And I was rared drip fed musicals. My nana brought mm. me up, right? So she had this drawer under the telly full of VHSs with uh, record, musicals recorded off mm. the telly, written in my granddad's handwriting. Little Amazing. white labels like yeah. White labels. yeah. The aesthetic of it is like with it's done the tapes going over yeah. the thing, so mm. that it's <laughs> right. So the first queer theory film class I took ever uh, in IDT was about fucking Calamity Jane. And I'm sitting back on, no, impossible. Impossible. Impress me. Impossible that this influenced me in any way in my life. <laughs> again, sorry, I was moving away from the mic for dramatic, for dramatic purposes. It but works really like, well. This is impossible. There's no undertones in this. I'm 
Impossible. In part, and then I watched it. I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Oh yeah, pretty gay. Like so it's so gay. gay. Yeah. It's like so my yeah. my mom used to. If I was like on a sick day from school, she'd bring me down to Exeridge and we'd rent out mm. Calamity Jane because we'd be like, "That's the only thing that that'll cheer you up." Every single part of it. It is such a gorgeous story, yeah. and it's like it's not even subtext. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And as a child, I just didn't have that, and I was full on rare on super queer musicals like fucking Cabaret Victor Victoria. Like yeah. that was my especially Victor Victoria huge yeah. huge awakening stuff for me and for some reason just didn't clock Calamity Jane until I was wrong and since then I've, I've got I go back to the film at least once a year for a yeah. serious like warm meditative yeah. session yeah, 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 like yeah. it's such a beautiful yeah, like thing my, my mum's passed away but if she was like mm. alive I'd be like you know that's the reason I'm gay like Doris <laughs> <laughs> Day and her yeah yeah Doris Day Doris Day is such a nice person oh, oh yeah she's still going she's, her voice guys her voice like um, my Nana looked yeah. like her when she was young yeah I love Doris Day one she of just my favourite sound. records is like my uh, 12 inch of like these Doris Day hits just singing like all the hits and it's like <laughs> I have a little Spotify playlist of like some of her stuff like Move Over Darling yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. and wasn't she a really good mate at Rock Hudson and kind of kept his secret for him yeah, yeah she was a beard mm-hmm. for a long time yeah, yeah. I, was thinking, honor. I was thinking that you were talking about like how Calamity Jane had this like queer not so subtext and even like the Golden Girls was super like loved by so many queer people like it's funny how like on paper Golden Girls and Calamity Janes are like pop culture and they're sort of mainstream fair and you wouldn't like you were in that class going there's no way this film is very mainstreamy things can be like you know because we're obviously going to talk about Madonna mm. a while and she was I guess kind of still was one of the biggest pop stars yeah. of all time that like mm-hmm. you kind of often go to like the fringes and underground stuff because obviously that's important and necessary yeah. but sometimes stuff hiding in like plain, plain sight, sight. Oh, yeah. like it's a show like this well written network sitcom about four retirees also is talking about like gay characters and AIDS and birth control mm. and mm. sexuality mm. in a way like I feel like if the Golden Girls happened today first of all it would be think piece to death before you even oh, saw yeah. it oh, yeah. it'd be bad. like the pilot like, would be out and that's all yeah <laughs> but also like, like it would be such a big deal because it's like they're going that's 83 or 4 you're saying it started in 85 years, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like it wasn't like in 93 years. then another amazing sitcom about a foot, four mm. gals in their 60s appeared no. like there hasn't been no, a show no it was since. six white people on a couch drinking coffee yeah in mm. New York mm. which is weird because that's not a primarily Caucasian in a place <laughs> <laughs> in enormous oh. apartments who don't appear to have any kind of real jobs and also who for the record have no fucking friends yeah they are uh, <laughs> showing people with no friends that's so no true I them. always wondered why Phoebe hung out with them because I love Phoebe, Phoebe hang out with them like I I, lo- like I was definitely of the friends generation oh, I remember yeah. when it it'd be on, on all the time every Monday at nine mm. or half nine and you had to stop it the next day in school because everyone watched it but it was funny recently. It was a Queen Latifah was is it in Living Color was a sitcom she was on? There was a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're talking about how there might be a reboot. And then oh. a lot of people I follow on Twitter who'd be like black writers and talk about black pop culture were saying, like, and I didn't know this because I don't think the show ever even aired over here. And they were no. saying how it was seen as like the show Friends ripped off because it aired for like two or three yeah. years and it was this big I think in Living Color. I hope I'm getting the name of the sitcom right. It's like this really popular sitcom. I think like Fox or one of the smaller networks. Fox was smaller at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was two, three years in and Friends is basically like the white version and NBC pumped all their money into it. Yeah. And everyone was like, if you go back now, like the show, and even Queen Latifah was like, we knew at the time they were riffing on our show mm. and that they want to reboot it to kind of go, 
because anyway, a lot of those shows like, we were here so first, many American like, sitcoms that we wouldn't have gotten over here back in the day of two yeah. or three channels anyway and now you're like oh my god to think that like there's even Golden Girls is a whiff of that like we know about it and it's referenced but yeah. I don't see it as brought up as much as like, so, like the, the way more Cheers was always six, on you know six attracted 20 something white folk hanging yeah. out like well, it's I, I watched weird. Friends for the first time recently like again because it was locked it was locked out of the, of the things mm. you're not allowed to watch mm. list right yeah and not because my parents are super religious around it was more just like this is bad you don't want to watch it and I was go like, read oh, a book oh, yeah, yeah. It's literally like, yeah. here's a book no. well, alright do a spirograph or something it's 2001 whatever and, uh, mine just had the ham- hand dryer on <laughs> hair dryer on standby you must have had the best hair in all like it was pretty long yeah but Friends is full of again I what was struck me about it so intensely is that none of them are in any way likable. It's, they're no. all assholes. There's also so much gay panic in Friends. It's yeah. all gay panic. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really upsetting to look back on it now. You're like, that. if it was me, if I'd been watching it when I was like 15 and trying to figure stuff out, I would be actually upset. Whereas yeah. I was like 10 and I was like, haha, you know, like. Yeah, there's yeah. a viewing of it that you can, you know, you, the. God bless the internet where it goes well how about if you watch Hannibal only Will Graham is hung over for the whole thing yeah. how about if you watch Friends but Chandler is gay and look at how everyone treats him mm. oh, yeah. how about you wow. watch it through oh, a lens that hurts that, yeah, yeah. Oh, because yeah. it's the quick draw in, and mm. I think I, I stand by the fact that in my childhood no one ever said things like hello until Friends oh no yeah, you know, totally, yeah, totally, yeah. I, I feel that Friends is single handedly responsible for a lot of the uh, like Culture, cultural globalization of Ireland, right? I think it's weird what it did to us. Yeah. Oh yeah, that we haven't. There were no fucking coffee the shops. The timing in of it was so strange. You know, yeah. it hit so our weird. culture. And, and yeah. it hit us. If you think about the age group that yeah. we're in, it hit all of us and the kind of particular demographic that we're in. And it was again super straight, super white, and full of really weird, specific gay panic. They hated Carol and, and Susan. They hated yeah, they Susan. Hated them. Why yeah. are Carol and Susan from episode? fucking two set up as these appalling evil crazy inverted commas yeah. like, fuck Ross Geller lads yeah. I tell you that much no. I got five or six episodes into he a he was a stalker he was, yeah. he was mm. an asshole I haven't watched like, it in years and I'm like god I feel like now the veil would fall from mm. my eyes so quickly it's actually yeah. really <laughs> shocking I don't remember them being particularly mean to Carl and Susan I remember they just being... framed Susan in a way that she was like this harridan this like really like well, she was competitive with Ross yeah but like that was dynamic yeah they had the first like lesbian wedding but it was great about Susan Susan didn't care and Ross is always like really that was one good thing whereas Ross would always be trying really hard to like impress Ben and stuff in season and be like are you fucking lives with me like I don't <laughs> care like, yeah. Ross was totally the, the quote unquote nice guy we're like now you'd be like oh my god what a douchebag why do we hang around with him just keeps talking to you at the party you're like oh Anyway, Madonna. Like if only we'd all just watch repeats of the Golden Girls for that six years. I know. Span yeah. of friends. Oh, how I know. I would have definitely be. been out of the closet a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah, I really like. Actually, it's funny because I watched a few episodes last night. And you know, and we were going to talk about it, and I realized I didn't grow up with the show, and I only had like seen really bits of it. Mm-hmm. I was watching last night, going, "This is thirty years old," and it's like so. Like the jokes are like I was properly cackling and I love no, watching comedy yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I even a comedy that I like, I very rarely be like slapping my knee laughing. Oh, I'd be like, yes. oh, that's in my head I go, that's gross. funny, but I'm watching stuff. You acknowledge it, you're like, yes. It's like I'm screaming behind me like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it last night going, this is I just yeah. watched some random episodes on YouTube and I was like, this shit is so funny. Yeah, it's so mm. good. And it's like cause like you were talking about friends, I know full well there's certain friends episodes if I rewatch now, I'd laugh in nostalgia, but oh, I also yeah. know some of the jokes wouldn't hold up. No, Golden no. Girls, so weirdly, I was like, 
there's almost next to no like mean spirited like mm. oh that's not very PC now kind of moments mm. it was just they were funny without having to go into like you're old it'd be like yeah. if they yeah, called yeah, each other yeah, 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 yeah. so good natured yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah, in the way yeah, like yeah. people like, like women that age are like slow with a pat on the back <laughs> you are <laughs> such a <laughs> well done <laughs> My dad used to watch it with my not like my his mother-in-law and because they used to get on really well so he would like watch it go over and wait for my mom because my mom would always be late to get ready so they'd just watch a couple of episodes like but isn't it funny too like even just you saying that there that like he watched it and stuff like it's you see this happen all the time if there's a program about anybody who's not or a movie or anything about mm. someone who's not like a straight white dude whether or whether it's a, yeah. a sex and city the movie or like a show like insecure and people kind of go oh my god this thing aimed at women has done so well and you're like there have been tons of things mm. over the years about women mm. written mm. by women quote unquote four women that have done well but it's like there's this weird cultural amnesia happens where they go oh my god I forgot all about blah like even I had a train of thought about something that did pretty well for women and I've, it's gone out of my but head it's now. the internet what it is and I think mm. you're right you said earlier about like pre-YouTube right the mm. idea that the Golden Girls is somehow preserved from think piece culture and preserved from YouTube culture and the idea again that it meant so much to so many people and we just don't know and yeah because we weren't instantly tweeting about wasn't that a gas you, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. at 11 years old aren't going to go around to all the girls in your house and say and go, did you just watch the Golden Girls? No. Yeah, they yeah, come, yeah, like, yeah. In my experience, anyway, but the things that I like growing up, I was very and remain very private about the things that meant a lot mm. to me, which is why I think Juvenile is deadly because we all get to talk about things yeah, we love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But generally, the things that you love and treasure, and especially like with your identity and things, yeah. like, things that help you travel through the world and feel less alone in the especially world. Especially as a queer person. Especially as a mm. queer person. It's very, it's tough to even talk about, especially mm. when you're experiencing that and you're fucking like 11 yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. you don't want people to laugh at you god you know? no and the internet democratises that mm-hmm. and the internet just goes here's a bunch of gifts off you go yeah it's mm-hmm. your the thing that you love is handed back to you as currency yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And you like a page on Facebook and then it's in your news feed and it's like boom boom and boom. it's yeah. not shocking to like or love something mm. you know yeah. like for it to be part of your like an easy to access like, yeah. part of mm. your identity do you know what I mean yeah. so I think stuff now new stuff that's like this is about four old women who are all friends and there's yeah. no slut shaming and here's it's a bunch so of boxes on it yeah. <laughs> like it's not ages it's this that and the other thing it's, it's your least problematic fave like I think the world that we live in now yeah, would but like, destroy it I know yeah. yeah even the thing even Feud which is about um Betty uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford that's about a fight between like two women you know Mm. it's like putting them pitting them up against each other was the Golden Girls they were a fucking team Mm. and they had your back so they'd scrap a bit but they'd look after each other yeah 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 like like every family like they'd be killing Mm. each other but like at the end of the day they're still going to be sitting around the kitchen table having a bit of cheesecake at midnight you know (laughs) I actually remembered now the thing that my head was I was thinking of the first wives club which was that was in the 90s and that's sort of a similar vibe to Golden Girls Mm. if it's like they're all like I hate older women sounds like such a patronising but they weren't like 20 something young no. ones you know mm. they were these over 40 like turning the yeah exactly they were mm. turning the over on its head this thing of what women of a certain age do in Hollywood and that movie was huge hit at the time mm-hmm. made a ton of money and I remember all the stars at the time were like well we'll do a sequel and the studio were like well we'll pay you all this much and they're like well that's actually not great money and if we were all the dudes and this this and that sequel yeah. we've made made this much money and so they didn't do it kind of on principle Fair and play. I was just thinking of how like 
when Clueless came out, that was a massive like sleeper hit mm. that MTV and Paramount were like kind of surprised by. And Amy Herculin, who directed and wrote it, said after the fact it was so hard to get the movie made. Mm-hmm. And then after she got it made, like she just could not pick up directing jobs. That as a woman mm. director, she was constantly being kind of like, oh, listen, you know, just kind of being shuffled around from post to post. Mm. And you would think, like, once you make a hit movie, whether you're like a man, mm. a woman, a space alien, whether you're like whatever you're doing, you would think studios would be like, you've made us money, mm-hmm. you have more money to make mm. us more money. Executives like, weird. They so, forget yeah. demographics exist. That's what I mean. Because they're all made up usually of straight older lads, like not to be generalizing, but then they're like, oh, people. (laughs) (laughs) But like, oh, people don't want to see that, and because they're not doing focus groups of people that aren't, you know, eighteen to thirty-four year old men. It's like, like who are they listening to then? If the Golden Girls ran for like had 108 episodes yeah. and is one of like considered one of the best it comes ever, if the First Wives Club made a shit ton of money, like I know the Sex and City movies were kind of like poor compared to the show, but like when that first one made all that money, there were so many box office analysts going, "Who knew when you made a film about women?" <laughs> I'm like, everybody. Who knows? You just got, like it's women so, who aren't married. Do it was sex the summer Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like the summer Iron Man was massive, and then Sex and City like a month or two later, I think broke some box office mm. record. And people were kind of like, this is crazy. And I'm like, it's not crazy. First of all, look at your summer slate. This is the only faintly like blockbuster But then again, thing. there's Fast and the Fur- Furious. Is there eight of them? Yeah. yeah. So it's like Hot Girls, Fast Cars. Yeah, yeah that's it's true. Strange. Beep, beep. It's, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, But um, it's about brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, you don't want to see it now. Spoiler alert. Yeah, 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 Did you yeah, see yeah. the beep, beep scene? It was incredible. <laughs> all <laughs> the, the beeping? The, yeah. Well, I know people stop. love those movies though because the cast is a bit more diverse and mixed yeah. matchy though, yeah. like, which I least I appreciate at least they're really fun just, they're really yeah. good crack like but they're not like wow I feel represented fast cars these movies mean an awful lot to me let me I say beep beep thank you every so often a women centric thing or thing that's not quote unquote the norm or the mainstream yeah. is huge and then we act like it's the first one and that actually drives me more crazy than, the, yeah. than things not getting made because you're kind of like but what are you missing critical, here? But then all the critical expectations then fall on that. On yeah. that one thing. The one pure yeah. feminist yeah. experience in the media and they can't carry the topic on all the time. Like, there's there's girl, one, yeah. right? Girls never quite recovered It's like rappers. There's yeah. going to be like, one yeah. successful female rapper and yes. they have to be feuding. Yeah. yeah, like dolls, like Barbies so hitting off each other. Clack, clack, clack. Yeah. Like I think that's the heartbreaker and I'm in a way I'm glad, not that I'm glad no, I am glad the Golden Girls has prevailed from its time where mm. it originally existed. I'm pumped to go watch it now. Yeah, what I love about Juvenile is it makes me go watch things that I haven't experienced, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. makes it's it's a great uniting platform in that way for me personally. You just get but, sold it. You're like, okay, this sold. person yes. really. No, I read yeah. I read a one thousand page novel after Lisa Cohen came in here, right? So no I was way. Yeah. All of it, like, um, but uh, the the thing with the the ah fuck, my brain just went there. I was like completely gone. Uh, I was talking about feminist platforms and the one true feminist, and the, how there can only be, be one, one at any time. There can only be one thing at any time, yeah. and that's that kind of destroys the fun and the point. It's only a matter of time then when until I get to pull down because one of the cast members says Definitely something wrong, kind of wrong. Mm. By mistake in an interview, or something out of a quote yeah. gets taken out of context, and then it gets put into a headline of a tweet that no one actually goes and reads the article. Yeah. They just yeah. and it's like oh, hang they on. quote tweet. They're like oh my god, I can't yeah. believe this. I knew it though. I could sense it. You're I like, could sense it. My shape <laughs> yeah. was problematic. Yeah, but it's weird. Hmm? I was reading a piece in Entertainment Weekly like a couple of months ago, and they were talking about 
there was a new Resident Evil movie coming out and there was something about that and Kate Beckinsale's Underworld mm. movies where she's like this vampire killer mm. person and Resident Evil's obviously like just these action movies that Mila Jovovich is the lead and they were saying for all the fuss about Marvel and DC trying to finally do their like big female superhero mm-hmm. movies that movies like Resident Evil make have made like a billion dollars worldwide yeah, revenue yeah. and they're like the lead is Mila Jovovich like genuinely being an amazing because I went and watched all of them mm. because of this article yeah. I was like these movies are kind of awful but my god Mia Jovovich is a are star terrifying. and she's like this fun action heroine and it's so mm. the, sh- the movies you never go into this mm. she's a woman and she fights it's like well I'm here to kick the shit out of hundreds yeah. of zombies and you're like yes, just do it this shit is <laughs> happening under the radar and yeah. like Hollywood and all these things are making stuff that actually ticks these boxes but like we're still act- waiting on one or two things to be the one mm. true yeah it's and cultural myopia it's as well. so, yeah. it's and it's so boring it's like there's so much shit you could well, be watching it's like just because something is aimed at women doesn't mean that other demographics wouldn't enjoy it, which totally. I think is so weird. But it's like Alan, the, if it's for the women, it's for the women. I've, I can't Got wait to men. watch the women only TV channel <laughs> with all the women's <laughs> shows. It's pink. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. happening. Hold on. That yeah. joke. No, it's not um, a dream. It's no, not a fever dream. It's real. Finally, it's real. But yeah, that's that's the thing. P- things that are like are the things that are gender neutral tend to affect tend to be women watch them more and things mm. that are all women women watch more and men will mm. only watch blue things or whatever do you know mm-hmm. there, there's yeah. that weird off center bias but golden girls existed before we were having people yeah. were having these conversations, these conversations. Yeah. before we were all amateur critical theorists the yeah. news cycle <laughs> okay. like, mm-hmm. Before d- Twitter ruined everything for everyone, I think. Is the, Twitter will be gone in like two but it's years. Almost the oh, sort of, I would love to know, like, you know, you hear now about shows, like, when they're about HBO making girls and that they gave Lena Dunham time to develop it versus, say, if she was on a network like NBC mm. that had, was it NBC, who had Golden Girls? Was it NBC? I don't know. I one think it was NBC. Ones. It must have been one of the big three or four. Yeah. Like, you wonder now, like, what kind of notes were they getting from the network or did they go, you've got four great leads, the scripts are good, we'll leave you to it. Like, you mm. always wonder because it feels like it's, you wouldn't get a show that like, just like, we're doing this and they're going to do this and this whether you mm. like it or not. Like and 20 like, million people will watch it every week. Like a golden age of TV now, like that golden age thing that yeah. people talk about. So maybe it's harder now. To, like, yeah. I don't think you could make a show like the Golden Girls now. I don't but like on way, any network. But like, you can't really make you can't make those um, one camera sitcoms. Like yeah, yeah. And you, the the whole like weekly episode thing. Nobody does that. Anymore. You no. can't, everything drops at once. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's a novelty like Designated Survivor mm-hmm. on Netflix dropping an episode once a week oh Riverdale yeah. or um, Drag Race actually the new one well, like in the TV. States they're yeah, still very true. married they seem very <coughs> married to like but wanting to like go deep on Amazon Netflix these like mm-hmm. have it all at once and also the networks are always still making money from well you're one and a half hour of this kind of comedy but, but you're right it's a different the time the Bang Theory people still seem to be watching that's kind of a one camera and they get, yeah. Yeah. They get paid a million dollars each per episode oh, and the cast is seven so or eight people bad. like yeah. that oh. show makes serious money so like there is I feel like in a way you could have a show like Golden Girls if it was like well formed enough but yeah. now again it's just that thing we act like they're anon- anomalies Mrs. Brown's Boys they're is kind not. of a watered down Golden Girls there's a lot of <laughs> Sophia in Mrs. No, Brown right, I don't, right. I don't watch Mrs. Brown it's kind of traditionally sitcom-y yeah. I know it's, it's painful the <laughs> clap when the cars yeah. are rising yeah. the eagle has left the building yeah. her spirit has left it's painful I know I yeah. it's, it's also not my yeah. 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 I can't then, cope with it the no. idea, like I've only res- I only watched a bit of Grace and Frankie on Netflix, which I didn't personally love. Lo- but I, I love Grace, and but Frankie. I know people who love it, and it, it definitely reminds me of that thing of like Netflix clearly were like, what would be a Golden Girls S mm. thing? You know, that's like, why I love it. I was yeah. like, who would oh, be look the these people that we cast in that now? Like, mm. Yeah, because in a way, like going streaming, through a shit time. Yeah, like and uh-huh. uh, that would never be in a movie. Like you never see that. But are still friends with their husbands who are gay together, yeah. unlike. 
Ross and Carol and Sue. Yeah. Yeah. And Sounds yeah, the, the villainize it, how how yeah. insane Ross portrays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other Ross two. thinks that Susan's gonna like eat his son when he's not looking <laughs> or something. <laughs> but it's funny because I think with Netflix and Amazon and stuff like subscription model things like in a way we kind of go oh they have everything and oh I can just it's on demand but also mm-hmm. they have much more specific like okay we know that eight like 80% of women aged 35 to 60 watch Grace and Marky and yeah. Designated mm-hmm. Survivor is up weekly and that skews yeah, way more yeah, young than males so like mm-hmm. I feel like one of the best things these streaming services can do is and that's why they did shows like Transparent is they can kind of say well this isn't catered to and we can go niche because we only need X amount of this niche to pay their subscription fee and then mm. like fuck the 20 million people who won't need advertising around it on a network so maybe mm. we will get a Golden Girls yeah, type yeah. groundbreaker re- I don't know if they rebooted it would you watch it Vicky? Uh, yeah of course I would who would you cast <laughs> yeah. who would you cast who would I cast <gasps> oh god this is difficult okay um, it's a terrible question yeah it's mm. hard on spot like like it w- and they'd still be like of that age and stuff. It wouldn't be like a reboot. Oh no, like, it's not like yeah. cute young. The prequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going the real house. Girls. Girls. Yeah, the, the real, real house. Girls of Florida. The real, the real house. Oh. Not working a magazine. Well, it would be, it would be yeah. the Ghostbusters cast. Like, oh, oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Leslie, uh, fucking Kirsten Wig, Melissa. Yeah, Miss McCarthy. And oh. Kate McKenna. Yeah, Kingdom. yeah. The, the the beautiful. I'd really enjoy that. Yeah. I'd that really enjoy that. I would oh just watch God, them that's on actually anything. on the nose. Like. That was like, when I saw that Ghostbusters film, like I know people get out about it, but I was like really emotional because oh I was like, my God, Go I, Go they Go were just all doing stuff. They were and like Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is what, a big childhood memory for me. Like yeah. I would go, went to the cinema with my cousins and we watched mm-hmm. Ghostbusters and like got freaked out by it but had a great laugh mm-hmm. at it. So when I went to watch it, I was really excited because I loved the cast. Mm-hmm. But then I was also like, oh shit. I was yeah. like, what if this is... Shit, like, mm. because it can only be one yeah. Yeah. they only get one chance yeah, yeah, to do yeah. a good lady yeah. movie yeah. And like, every summer there's one I went yeah. with my two friends and the cinema was you know packed enough and we were sitting beside this guy and his girlfriend um, I thought it was very presumptuous of me I can only presume they were a couple because <laughs> there was a man and a woman together um, so, yeah so there was like five of us in this row and me and my two friends like we were howling. We were like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, this is a gas. great, it was like so gas. And your man beside us, he was in bits laughing as well. But there was nobody else laughing because they were like, Meh. it was like, are you mental? Like, it's like, I've watched it like I could four watch times. I went, antics yeah, yeah. I went to see it four, I went to see it three times in the cinema and I've like watched it, only watched it the other week or yeah, a couple of weeks ago. That's like, a sign yeah. of magic right there. I think Liz McCarthy's success in the last like five, six years is like a sign of a good, it's one of the few like positive things yeah. about like mm. US mm-hmm. blockbuster mm-hmm. movies where she like can do 20, 30 million dollars mm-hmm. opening weekend and these comedies about her and it's not like, oh, she's a bigger girl. It's like she doesn't have to use her weight as a crush. Oh my God. No. She her, gets to play characters. Her in the heat. Have you I seen was the just heat? shocked. It's like, her and Sandra Bullock, it's like my dream. Oh yeah. like, my God. I watched it, it recently because I wanted to rewatch. I was like, I want to <sighs> watch a film about women like doing fun stuff but also funny like super bad but no is. men in it. <laughs> 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 and then and I was like, the, the heat is oh my like, God. it's really so funny. funny. Crying, and she's laughing. so, she like, she's so offensive. And oh yeah. Like, oh, I found your balls in these yeah. like tic tacs. Like it's just, 
It's or even gas. Spy being like an actual action movie and spy a comedy grafted together and you just think okay that's that's the spirit of Golden Girls it's, it's someone yeah. like Miss McCarthy going okay I'm going to take the star breakout moment of, of Bridesmaids and I'm going to get a sitcom like she's a sitcom with Michael Molly that yeah. like, mm-hmm. I've never seen but was massive in America yeah, and, so yeah, like, and she's like and I'm also going to like make absolute bank of the box office and not have to deal with think piece culture and blah blah I'm just going to make fucking funny movies like that's mm. that's and the spirit the of Golden Girls oh my god she's a genius performer so like yeah. Yeah. that's part of we all have just kind of gone okay do you know what you can't really knock that kind of talent no. so. yeah. and it kind of proves that like it doesn't always have to be the same type of people to carry an opening weekend totally mm, yeah know. Oh, yeah, Hollywood, if only you'd listen, we'd solve all your problems in about 30 minutes. Jesus, are you I out hope there, that <laughs> For a minute, I... Let me get this. Are you, <laughs> are you uh, I was going to say the same thing again. Um, would they ruin it if they did it again? Do you think the magic can be... Pro- could, do you think the magic that was in the original could be transposed onto the Ghostbusters gals? Do you think that it's... Was it the chemistry of the original actors? I think, yeah, it was probably the chemistry of the original actors and also, like... They'd be doing the same script because <gasps> it stands up to the same. It's the like test it's time. It, yeah, it yeah. was. It's one of those things that does actually stand up to the test of time. That'd be pretty There's cool. lots of Golden Girls live shows in this. Like there was one recently with Jackie Beat in, in LA where they get drag queens to like reenact episodes, and oh I think they God. do in San Francisco as well. And it comes up every few years. I notice. I'm like, oh, these drag queens are doing a run of the month, a month of Golden Girls shows, mm. and they basically mm. just do scripts from old episodes because everyone goes, these you don't need to rewrite them. They're yeah, they're, they're brilliant. Yeah. It's like things like that in the drag community, like Golden Girls on like uh, Grey Gardens. There's like all these oh. touchstones that like <laughs> queens will go back to and like be obsessed with. It's cool. And they're never about like the most like polished women. They're always about like the women who, who are like are a bit you know. bent. Yeah, messy <laughs> bitches in yeah. every drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. actual human yeah. beings as opposed Real to people. I'm yeah. the nagging girlfriend. You guys have been partying all weekend. I never see you. Like, are the flat I'm like better one looking than characters? <laughs> but, but queer icons that kind of permeate our culture as well. Like I, like I'm a Victor Victoria. Like I said earlier, was a big mm. one for me. Victor Victoria is complete. The only other time in my life that I have encountered Victor Victoria is at drag shows. Yeah. No one else from my house, like, yeah, watch me tell everyone in my house and stage <laughs> that my favourite movie There's is Victor Victoria. She loves I'm Victor Victoria. Julie <laughs> <laughs> Andrews is my girlfriend. <laughs> watch me get my nose broken, go away. But I think there's, there's, but there's something about that and like the, that there are women that you're right, there are women that permeate drag culture and like, they're the, the 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 divas, the queens. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The original women who somehow stood. I hate out to say, it, but the bitch, the, the, like yeah. the, because that, way, she was just the woman who. It's like Ursula stood up for herself. Little mermaid. Stood up, yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah. a bitch on paper, but really it's an iconoclast or someone who goes. Mm. Actually, it's someone who goes. Hold on a minute, I'm not yeah. taking it's that. Just, yeah, exactly. You were trained, trained to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how all the Disney villains are gay. All of them. Oh my all god! Like Scarlet Every single one is queer coded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they are all queer coded. It's a common fact. Yeah. No, I just saw a post the other day, and it was like Scar's gay, Ursula's gay, the evil queen in Snow White is like a power lesbian. Like it was yeah. really. Oh my god! My favorite so joke online right now. It's like done with a tongue and cheek thing, but it's also a nod to that kind mm. of thinking. Is everyone being like how the Babadook is totally a queer? Like, oh, I love that so much. Oh, obviously, the Babadook is gay with that silhouette oh and that god. willingness to go. The Babadook is just a really good <laughs> film about post. Depression. It's not like a horror at all. I sat there in the middle of the afternoon. I was researching. This is, I love my job. I was researching. So in the middle of the afternoon, when I just threw all the blinds, stuck on the Babadook and was like, fucking upset me. Let's go. I want to get sick. I want to feel like my skin's coming off my body. I was like, oh, it's just a bit depression. 
Oh, yeah. Again, cool, great. It's the oldest everyone. scary. I know that one already. It's fucking, yes. But I, I like the, the the aesthetic of the of the Babadook. You know, yeah, the long coat, like, the long he's nails. Like, he's a queer icon, the honey. Like, <laughs> 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 the being in LGBT stands for Babadook. Will we I talk wish. about Madonna? Yeah. yeah. Speaking Madonna. of queer icons who don't take them, actually think of the bitch thing you're talking about. Like yeah, kind of that's someone who stands up and goes, hold on a minute. Like that's kind of always been, I think, part of the appeal for Madonna. For yeah, mm-hmm. big time. For sure. Now you're all looking at me and I'm like, yeah. I gotta start my like, Yeah, you gotta start Why did yeah. well, What did you, well, you picked an actual album, didn't you? Well, I think, well, we, like, I wasn't sure whether we talked about a Madonna album or Madonna as a person. Maybe as a person. Tell her how you came to, yeah. Yeah, how you came my, to Madonna. How I came to Madonna involves one or two specific albums, but then obviously her whole, like, general back catalog. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was, I want to say 15, 14, 15 in 2003 when American Life came out, which is now, like, 14, 15 years ago, which is terrifying to me <laughs> so an American Life didn't do well at the time and the lead single was was the title track and it's her rapping about her nannies and her assistant and her, oh, her driver and her jet and she pulled a video because it was about the Iraq war and she didn't want to be controversial it was a weird time so I heard the song and went oh I really like the song which I was probably like the only person at the time who was like oh this song makes me want to buy the album <laughs> and I was like 14, 15 and I was starting getting into buying albums and actually listening to music like mm. you know when that switch goes off yeah. and you're like just in your teen years or just before where you suddenly actually hear music and I don't mean that in a snobby audiophile way just no, to, no. It's, it's when like, you want to find like, stuff that your yeah. parents don't listen to like yeah. yourself and like It's like discover. a switch goes off in your ear and you're like oh I can hear it now like even mm-hmm. you know I feel like maybe but like when you watch the Golden Girls AJ versus in your 20s you're like oh suddenly my brain is slowly unfurled enough to get this much of it Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I was like okay let me get this album because I was buying like random albums at the time I was into like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears all the big kind of pop people and um, for some reason even now American Life is such a weird like weirdly put together album but I kind of fell in love with it it was like acoustic music and like electronica and like her like there was pop moments but it was obviously she was trying not to write a pop album and then I was or like, it was like the B so- the tracks that never made any of the yeah, other albums yeah it was a bit weird yeah. like, was that the not... album after Ray of Light it was no it was Ray of Light music and then oh, okay um, American, American Life. Life. Um, it's almost like the sister album to music because it's like oh, okay. a lot of the same production is on it, mm-hmm. but it's like the songs are not as polished and poppy. But anyway, I was like, oh, I actually really like this album. Let me delve into Madonna's back catalog. Because <laughs> even then I was like, oh, there's so many albums. Like, where do I start? And I said, well, mm-hmm. there's a greatest hits album, the Immaculate Collection. Mm-hmm. Let me go to that because like, and at the time, this is in the days of CDs. Like, it's not, well, there are still CDs, but you know what I mean? Like now you could just pick and choose on a Spotify playlist. Yeah. Then you're like, I need to pick a body of work to start with. So I was mm-hmm. like, let me get the Mac collection. So I buy it and I put it on. And it was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me because the first track on it is Holiday, mm-hmm. which everybody knows. And like that intro comes in and you know it straight away. And I had this weird, like, it was like, if it's like that when you see Raven Simone and that's a Raven and her, she stops <gasps> and her eye goes. Was <laughs> it like a physical <laughs> feeling? Backwards. Because I was like, I realized that all to my like, maybe not at that age when I was like, four, five, six, seven, my parents, my mom went to this leisure centre and she brought us and we went swimming there all the time. Mm-hmm. So I swam all the time as a kid. I was never a sporty kid, but I always swam and did lessons and all yeah. this kind of thing. And this leisure centre played literally only, from what I can remember, played maybe two or three albums and one of them was the Immaculate Collection. Oh and I, without realising, had heard that album probably... I'm, hundreds of times. I want to say hundreds of times. Oh. I don't... Like, I genuinely don't remember them playing anything else. And again, I was so young that I didn't really hear music and I didn't even notice music. It's just decoration I used for to time. think Borderline yeah. was called mm. Golden Line. I used to have all these random... Borderline, what a tune. Yeah. yeah. So, Holiday starts and I literally... I, I remember thinking I was like oh my god I know these songs like the back of my hand mm-hmm. and I was going to the album going I know this song and I know 
I know this exact track order. I've heard all these songs. Like, I was like, oh my God, Madonna has been in my life in such a weirdly specific yeah, yeah. way. Did you feel and like I, you were like in the pool listening to it? It was, I can remember being in the dressing room and I can remember being in the reception area. Yeah. I can remember oh. like walking in the door. Like it just, even now I can actually see the legend that has been put in my head. It's the That's weirdest cool. thing. And you know why like when something's coming over like a tannoy or speakers, yeah. it's sort of subliminal. So you're hearing yeah. s- like just little snatches of the songs. I yeah. was like, yeah, like in a oh. supermarket where you're like, what? Is yeah. And mm. suddenly my brain was like, what the fuck? I've actually been because Madonna was already was still a big name and like mm. she'd had that comeback at Ray of Light and Frozen was everywhere. Mm. I remember it was on the radio and I mm-hmm. liked all the songs that I knew like the early stuff because it was still referenced. But I was like, aside from all that, like she was literally like soundtracking so much of my childhood and I just had no idea. And She's it was like, like silently it was like joining it. two pieces of something together and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like yeah. <laughs> I've been a secret Madonna fan. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just but it like delved into her back catalogue and like got a trillion within albums and watched like the In Bed with Madonna documentary, mm. which was like mind blowing to watch when you're fifteen. Like, in Bed with Madonna. Yeah. yeah. Like, Truth or Dare oh. was called in the US. Like yeah, Sarah Fatima, I... Sarah, and she said that exact same thing. Yeah. That that was like a huge moment. That was And it was a, a huge moment when I watched it fifteen years after it because that came out in like I love watching In Bed with Madonna and I, I put I it on every once in a while because it's just so bloody brilliant. And there was a movie um, called Strike a Pose that has literally just got an Netflix here and in the States that I interviewed one of the cast members for when I played a gaze in August and it's about all the male dancers from her tour mm. from that movie and from that era like and what they kind of get up to now and I always see people if you, whether you're a Madonna fan or not like it's actually such an interesting like yeah. look at the sort of what Madonna meant to, like, to queer audiences because yeah. even now I'm like there's no like there are some really amazing people working in pop music now but I can't think of anyone who would do who'd be that unapologetic in the 80s and 90s about like sticking up for gay people and sticking up yeah. for like talking about AIDS in a non-sensationalized way I was actually friends with Harry and so we're going to do a fundraiser and raise like all this money mm. to like figure out what's going on so it was so weird it was just at the right time for me as a teenager to kind of go oh this person has done all this and said all this and also I was just like oh my god pop music is so fucking great when you do it properly like that thing of you're watching the Golden Girls and it's sharp and funny and mm. all these hitting all these beats but yeah. it's also a really mass market mainstreamy thing it wasn't like like listening to Madonna was not a weird alternative no. emo kid thing to do when mm. at my age at that time at that time indie music was huge and to listen to alternative music was what everyone did and mm. I was like I feel like a fucking weirdo because I'm here you like inverted it I'm listening yeah. to the erotica album from 92 getting my entire <laughs> life and I'm like I'm listening <laughs> to pop music I'm like what is going on you know so to have that to have a back catalog when you fall in love with an artist is so like yeah. I love like getting to know someone early on in their career and when the album, first album comes out and you, you mm. go on that journey with them like that's really important yeah, but, but then when you're like sometimes when you discover someone you're yeah. like fuck it's like getting a present yeah. like, for it me it's a yeah. like 30 years here's 30 years of yeah. music yeah. you go yeah. swimming in oh, yeah, no. that happened to me with Arthur Russell and it was just like who's what's this song playing in somebody's graph and it was like oh it's this guy Arthur Russell and I went back and I was like holy mm-hmm. god I will mm. be listening to him forever and everything will still be new that kind of it's yeah, mad that kinda, isn't it it's like yeah, the joy like, of a back catalogue is like yeah, and like to think like Madonna could have stopped making music at that time when I found her or she could have stopped in the early 90s and she always would have had those kind mm. of golden years mm-hmm. of like 83 to 1990. And the fact that she still exists and still works. I mean, listen, even as a fan, I'm like the last five, six years has been a little hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of like, I do love the fuck you quality of her. Particularly yeah. as she gets older, like she's going into such unprecedented territory. I know we have Cher and Tina Turner and all these people, but like Madonna almost, I feel like, the last year she's becoming even more like oh you don't want me to kiss Drake at Coachella she's kind of serious that's exactly yes. what I'm gonna fucking do and it's like part of me is like this is 
like she's not quote unquote aging gracefully, but it's so much more entertaining to watch mm. that she's a little yeah. bit unstuck. Like Cher and Tina Turner people, they tend to be like, okay, here's the old stuff. Yeah, yeah. Madonna's like, no, like here's you're getting the song, new stuff, and you're gonna like it. About yeah. me as a nun having my pussy, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I, who am I to judge? Like it's sort of challenging and kind of even when it's not good, it's still kind of fascinating. And like mm. that's a sign of a really great pop star. Where you're like, mm. even if this is abysmal, I'm fascinated. I cannot look away. It's I cool. remember oh, watching. I remember being in my cousin's house and like being babysat or whatever and being up in my my cousin's bedroom and watching Channel 4 and In Bed with Madonna was on oh, and wow. just being like hovering uh, between the remote control yeah, yeah, yeah. and the aerial <laughs> to get the best <laughs> signal and like the volume button in case one of the so, grown yeah. ups came. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God. But like I think it's cool with Madonna like even if like her music now isn't like as it used to be it's interesting that she doesn't try and change even when the media are like, oh, you're disgusting now. You're yeah. all old and disgusting. Like, she's just like, I'm not, I'm just me. Like, and she just continues. She doesn't try to um, dilute herself. Yeah, she's completely all. unapologetic. Yeah. Right? She's like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know why anyone is surprised at this yeah. point that Madonna mm-hmm. is still like and kicking up fuss like there was music videos where she was like being cr- like she did some genuinely subversive stuff totally. earlier in her life and it's hard to see that as subversive now in the world that we live in but it really was like yeah. it was huge sure. so of course she's still doing it yeah. even like I was watching there was an interview it was a clip of a guy from is it MIC the name of the website I always call it Mike in my head I think oh, it's oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, was like, I always call it Mike I'm like it's probably not called Mike after <laughs> phone. but they were interviewing um, Jose who's one of the dancers who was on the Blonde Ambition tour and he's in the Vogue video and he's like the kind of super skinny Puerto Rican guy mm. who's voguing like he, yeah, not, if yeah. he looks literally the exact same now mm. and he's in Striker Pose as well and in the and I actually asked Kevin Stay the dancer I interviewed about this as well this kind of thing of did Madonna steal voguing from gay culture to, yeah, or did she elevate it and he was saying that like you know particularly at that time he said like we all, I think even the, those of us who have read about voguing associated with like late 80s and mm. it, he was saying that it was going on super super underground as a thing amongst mainly kind of queer black people and queers of colour in the states mm. like in the 60s and 70s mm. and then in the 80s that's why there were houses and families because it had been going on across generations mm. of people who were like taking each other in and going like mm. oh, come to the ball and we'll perform together I'll look after you mm-hmm. and that it needed someone like Madonna to kind of go okay I'm taking people from the scene because she took two or three actual vogers people who are from that culture mm. with her and said like Harlem Balls and yeah, stuff she yeah she went and she met the people and they're in the documentaries yeah. she said let's do this together so mm. like that weird tension where like I totally think it's good we're talking about artists appropriating things and artists kind of taking the bits they want and not being part of the quote-unquote struggle mm-hmm. yeah but, but it wasn't like it wasn't like she was she yeah. robbed vogue and did nothing for the gay community exactly. like she it was brought vogue to a bigger audience but then also did like all of her aids awareness and you know fundraising for that like so it exactly, wasn't yeah so you know there's a bit of and in the cultural memory it's easier i think to analyze the negative things and to remember the positive impact she had because again in the contemporary yeah. culture that we mm-hmm. live in with the democratization of critical theory yeah. and the internet it's much easier to be like well here's why your yeah. baby's problematic instead yeah. of but you we were kind you of don't know yeah you don't know what else she did she yeah. was a really was a radical we didn't mm. even fucking exist for a lot of the mm. the amazing shit that yeah, she did yeah. and she kind of did work that we're still benefiting mm. from but like if you were yeah. like a kid in down the country and it was like you'd seen you, if madonna hadn't made vogue like so you would never you, you might not have Madonna. figured yourself yeah. out for a lot longer you know we have to do some changing places as we say goodbye to Vicky thank you so much thank for coming you, Vicky. Thank, thank you, you, for this thank thank you so you much thanks for coming we'll see you again more crack in the future we'll do a sound effect and we'll be back
HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're going to talk about Madonna and Pepsi. Yes, Vicky's gone to join the gals in Miami for cheesecake and we <laughs> miss her absence. I turned um, into the room eight yeah. years on the side of the house. <laughs> you want to hear the Golden Girls theme song playing. Um, so I was just thinking the... Um, we're talking about Madonna and like this is a, a before my time in terms of being a fan of her but it was part of her whole legacy and mystique that I found fascinating was her whole Pepsi ad moment so obviously everybody remembers Like a Prayer it's like one of her standout songs would have come out in like 1989 I think mm. and was lead singer from that album and she was at the time the biggest it, between her and Michael Jackson and Prince she was one of the biggest if not the biggest pop star in the world mm. and so that fourth album had a lot of weight of expectation on it and she had kind of very publicly divorced Michelle Penn and it had not been the best breakup in fact there is still that story about how he supposedly, you know, allegedly like beat her up one night mm. and she went mm. to the police about it. But she's since kind of re seen a court case that Penn was in denied that it happened. So it's a weird grey area, but for sure it was not like a, not okay, like I guess we're breakup. done. Yeah. yeah. Peace out kind of breakup. It was hard on her. It was the end of a marriage too. So I guess her having her first divorce is, is hard mm. too. So yeah. like, like a prayer, the album was, was kind of dark and confrontational. On the, but the first single was this big anthemic pop hit. Like it was complex and a bit weird for a pop song but like it was still palatable so she gets mm. this big Pepsi deal and I think they already had done the Michael Jackson thing they'd already done a few big endorsements in that decade mm. and so she does an ad for Pepsi features like a prayer and it's like she's in this kind of fab outfit and she sits down on a chair and she's watching old home movies of herself with friends and it's just it's pretty innocuous mm. and then when the like a prayer video came out it had like Madonna cavorting with a, a black Jesus and mm. there's burning crosses in the field and these references to kind of racial tensions in America and it's quote unquote a provocative video Pepsi like got the fart of their life and they're like we have to pull this campaign and Madonna had signed a deal with them that said whatever happens I get this much up front mm. I get this amount whatever happens and so Pepsi pulled the campaign Madonna still walked away with like millions of dollars oh, and it's just funny now and the way they completely dropped the ball the whole Kendall Jenner campaign with the ad they had to pull at last minute mm. and you just think like Madonna was, Madonna was playing the game and actually navigating that stuff in 1989 mm. with a savvy you would yeah. never get now. And, no. now and now the genders are like blacklisting anybody who even mentions the word Pepsi to them yeah. at all. Yeah. but like, just to think that like because I think Chris Jenner is a manager of that whole family or whoever she's working with to manage her whole family and herself has like that genius, kind of savvy yeah. that Madonna genius. would have mm. but like Obviously not that much because no. No one and her team was like, that Pepsi ad might hit the wrong note. Pepsi ad I've, I've been saying this, all celebrities need a woke liaison on their, in their own garage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Someone willing, like, someone someone who willing go, to like sell themselves out enough to be like, don't do that, but also to sort of move things forward. Yeah, yeah. Yes. those literature, they call them sensitivity readers. Yeah. Gospel yeah. truth, they're the woke liaison, they're the person who can actually tell you, I ah, know, come I on. I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. What reminds me about the Pepsi yeah. ad and I watched it and I was kind of going, did not one person I know. think Maybe not. Like, how many individuals are paid to make an ad like yeah. this? And mm. nobody said maybe not. I saw people who work kind of, in, like, I, who I kind of be Twitter friends who work in, like, post-production on ads and fashion shoots and stuff in that vein in the business were saying there probably was people who raised eyebrows. But You'd lose your job. People, but enough, yeah, didn't want to speak out or enough people at the top of the chain just didn't care. That, like, mm. those, yeah. ha, the smaller handful of people who actually just mm. sign off and everything said, well, this is what we're doing. And some people made the point that Kendall Jenner could very likely have turned up for a shoot day and just been told you take the wig off you walk here you hold the can of Pepsi oh yeah, yeah. to a degree I don't think she even they may not have told her the full concept so it's just funny the two sides of the celebrity endorsement coin in terms of Madonna and has she's this the quiet iron grip isn't on she? it she's the yeah. quiet like well she's the I'm actually a model and I've worked really hard I to like to myself. keep myself like, away from the name you weren't you know. in the coal mine all day like hard labouring <laughs> you were walking down the Paris one way 
because you Kim have got you last that. name. Like, please yeah. relax. But it's just funny to think that Madonna is the other side of the coin where like even then she had this incredible Wiley. savvy mm. to be like, well, yeah, tell me. And also people now, it's so funny now when something happens online, there's always, always, no matter what it is, someone going, well, they obviously planned that. Like, oh, yeah. the Sony hack was planned. <laughs> the, I'm like, the Sony fix, hack was fix. planned to run a movie with a $20 million budget so they completely compromise the security of an entire corporation worth billions to promote one f- yeah okay let's yeah. go with like oh, makes the, sense oh, the yeah. ultimate <laughs> viral marketing to like yeah. completely almost ruin a company for one film to shoot uh, yourself uh, in the actual full for, like, for a James Franco film they oh are, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. of all films the movie. I'm like yes they asked North Korea to hack the entire Sony servers as promote like great mm. like sure like yeah. and the same with the Pepsi the connections just did that for drama. Well, you're, ta- like, you're talking about Pepsi now, aren't you? Like, yeah, I'm like, in a bad way. I'm not going like, to buy a Pepsi I know, because of it. A, I know what Pepsi is. B, like the Kardashians can literally walk out of the house in a black plastic bag, and it's on the front of like 18 million celebrity weeklies. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have to like. Like I, they I, don't need that attention. That they're chaos merchants. I joked like, about this with someone about the Paris thing, even when they were like, "Oh my god, it's obvious that they like set up the Paris thing for their show." And I'm like, what? if you watched five minutes of Keeping Up with the Russians, it's like literally a bunch of overly made up young eating women salad. eating salad and like talking. I'm like, it's not a Steven Seagal movie. Like no. they're not jumping yeah. off a bus every other episode. Like the but Kim drama. lost an earring that time. Yeah, like it's not. And so I mean, that weird. was. So Madonna is one of the few people where you go, actually, she was nine times out of ten probably looking to get a reaction or, yeah, or yeah. at least wants to provoke and wants to have the conversation. There's a degree of... Yeah. And then, but then people say that she's calculating as the other extreme where it's kind of like, oh, it's too thought out and I can't get into it. But for me, it's like, I like that she has a point of view. Mm. Yeah. She's not afraid to ruffle feathers. Like, that's probably what... Even when I got into it was American Life album, which was controversial. And one of the few times I think she was a bit like, I'm not putting this video out because I actually don't want to piss people off around this war whereas I feel like now if she was doing some kind of anti-Trump statement with the record I think she would like a lot of people she would lean into it whereas at the mm. time the Iraq war was a weird cultural pop culture blind spot where people mm. were like well, how do we like navigate it like mm. everyone was like in terms of American celebrities are very like everyone had to be just really patriotic because it was post 9-11 mm. so you couldn't mm. rock the boat too much like we didn't have resist as a sort of weirdly commercialized thing that could be in a Pepsi ad like mm. to think all these things sort of like these things all have a weird connection when we're noticing mm. now like didn't she also get a video banned that and then sold as yes, video and made yes love yeah, yeah, yeah. so love, that yeah. would have been a couple that was actually was that was two maybe? years uh, maybe a year two after like a pair so it would have been 1991 yeah. so it's actually oh, yeah. tied into the Mac collection but yeah. so that was at one of that was the one of the songs. new tracks on the album yeah one of like two new songs on that mm. album and I think they to, to kind of promote it they did this like Actually, when you watch it now, it's like beautifully shot. I want to say John Baptiste Mundine or some really big fashion photographer person shot it. I can't remember off the top of my head, which is unusual because usually I would. Um, he shot this like gorgeous black and white, like yeah. in a sexy video, which when you watch it now, it's actually really quite tame. But and at the I time, like I'd say it was play like. on daytime almost. With yeah. yeah. But it, like MTV at the time was like her play, her I suppose, avenue to like really sell her wares like she was one of the real MTV icons at the time and she helped that network become this place where stars were made so MTV were like we can only play this video very late at night we can't play it in our regular rotation it's not suitable and then certain networks were banning it and so she was like well I'm gonna sell it as a VHS video single which had never been done and it mm. became this huge seller and it was a huge controversy creator but then when you watch her interviewed about it she's very like this is the message I wanted to do and like that's the video like I'm not I don't have to 
do a sexy video to make me pay attention. This is what I would like to do. Mm. Like now, if you put it, well, no one would put a greatest hits album out now because like there's no need for them. Yeah. No. But generally, they're seen as a very safe money maker thing, and I would imagine her idea was if I'm doing the most corporate sanitized thing I could do with my pop music, then. I'm going to let them do the greatest hits but yeah. all the songs are remixed and reproduced which is so funny to think now that she went and resposed her whole back catalogue for one album mm. yeah. but also she was like well I guess if I have to do a video it's going to be this video yeah it's, it's like a counterpoint like, it's not going to be like a montage of all my classic clips in the last eight years it's going to be me like swanning down in a, like a corridor in a hotel in black and white and maybe having some lightly sapphic moments on screen with some gay themes like it's just yeah. very Madonna She's like oh you need a bit yeah yeah I'll, I'm going over to Paris leave with me like <laughs> I'll tell you about it later it's just yeah. there's something really uncompromising about mm. like we were talking about the Golden Girls earlier and the idea that it was sort of pushing boundaries mm-hmm. while being this very much like part of the furniture pop culture thing and Madonna was part of the 80s to such a big degree like she's some mm-hmm. if you look at her list of hits like Material Girl mm-hmm. like Ibanita True Blue Open Your Heart like like a version there's so many big 80s songs that could be, like, they're, they're just big hits of the 80s and they're hers so I think she mm. takes the thing of like when you're that pop you can actually kind of go further which mm-hmm. is something it's funny now when Katy Perry is like tying herself into knots to be like wokey Perry and you just think I'm like you're fucking mates Madonna like go back and look at the playbook like mm. you could push if you really wanted to you could really push people yeah buttons. Mm-hmm. sorry, power, sorry but Katie. they also benefit from the status quo so intensely whereas Madonna didn't really benefit from the status quo. She yeah. wasn't like, really successful until relatively late for like, a, like and, she was like 25 or 26 when her yeah. first hit. Yeah, yeah. Like she was kind of a weird, do you know what I mean? She her was poor and stuff when she brilliant. broke. So for her, she had an active vested interest in reestablishing the status quo and being subversive and rebellious in the aim of shifting culture. Mm. Like there, like we said earlier on, there is kind of an uneasiness about her use of uh, queer underground culture in like mainstream music. And like, there's a lot yeah. of gray, like that's mm-hmm. not for me to comment on personally, but I think mm. that there is gray there. I'm watching discussions happen about, you know, what, yeah, what's, what, what's outright theft and what's like, and what's, I'm of the, I'm an ally of this. So naturally I'm, it's like going an homage. Like, gateway, right? So it's, it, it was at the time, she benefited directly from a culture shift and people like her and her tribe benefit mm. directly from a culture shift. Whereas Katy Perry doesn't benefit from anything changing. Perry mm. is at the top of the chain. It doesn't matter to her. Like she's protected so intensely, for example, like Perry is, we're just plucking one person out here. Katy mm. Perry, for example, is protected so intensely by celebrity culture and and patriarchy and da 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 Like she doesn't need to say anything more than I kissed a girl and I liked it because mm. who cares and everyone forgets and we all move on. Do you know, she doesn't, she yeah. has no need yeah. to reestablish the status quo. Lady Gaga might be slightly different because, it's yeah. Just, yeah, I was going to say because Gaga's a funny one because there's been this whole Gaga Madonna thing since the beginning and mm-hmm. like on paper in a very shallow way you can kind of see like the similarities and just even in their kind of how they rose to fame and all those kind of things but I think and it's funny too like even now on social media like there's so many like fellow like gay pop music fans that I would talk to and they're all like they go like there's this viciousness about Lady Gaga that like I am all for making fun of celebrity figures and I enjoy like I love the weird in jokes you get to make about Lady Gaga's like tweet in 2013 where she was like pop music emergency my song is leaked people still joke about those things I'm like mm-hmm. that's funny there's people who really viciously go after her and it's even this weird thing online with like hardcore Madonna fans are so anti Lady Gaga and I'm like Stamp this is, cultures. This is yeah. ridiculous because A the things you would make fun of Lady Gaga for are all things Madonna would do because they're both both incredibly talented and equally thirsty and ridiculous so mm-hmm. first of all it's not a like to make fun of no Gaga subtlety. to make fun of Gaga's bad acting in American Horror Story I'm like Madonna is one of the best pop stars of all time really and one of the worst American actresses <laughs> was it swept of away? all time swept, swept away, away. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like that doesn't work and then this no. weird thing of like 
when Gaga tried to make it the point that she does this and this and, and produces her music and blah, 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 I'm like, you know, they're both being pitted against each other constantly. And it's like, they're both there one can of the only few, be one. They're one of the few anything? female pop stars who actually have like, I mean, I can totally see, because like, Gaga's one of the few pop stars where I was like on board very early and watched mm. how she went mm. around the world and got big in Canada where I was living at the time and then got big in Australia and then finally made it to I saw her at Oxygen like, playing again, a piano with her foot. Like, you know, it's mm. just the idea that like these are people who actually are trying to push things forward and even when they get it wrong or a bit like eye roll inducing, like I have no interest in watching Lady Gaga as Stephanie Germanotta in A Star Is Born, the country music version with Bradley Cooper. No, I'm out. Like, <laughs> mm. but they're trying, like, you know, that's the legacy of someone like Madonna. That's someone trying to kind of maybe sort of push and pull. Do you think the backlash against Gaga is sort of an older queers versus younger queers thing? To a degree. And there's definitely this weird ages and me snobbery, not ages, but like a looking down on what young people are into kind of thing mm. about it. It's like the original was Madonna, like everything else is a copy, a yeah, shitty copy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is ironic because Madonna was like reference Marlene Dietrich and shows and do like in the Gertie show in 93 she does this whole number of where she performs like a virgin and she literally does it as Marnie Dietrich and she's like <laughs> like a virgin like Amazing. you know Madonna always had references and stuff it was, she mm. didn't invent most of the things she did she just rode a wave and she's put a her spin in it yeah. mm. totally which is kind of not unlike what Gaga has often done mm-hmm. I think some of it actually is is Gaga has made explicit this sort of like queer allyship or this queer context that is often not made explicit and people actually find it too earnest or they don't like that she actually it could be the earnestness of this yeah problem. she actually yeah. actively says like words like lesbian gay bisexual transgender in number one songs and she yeah. actually actively really campaigns and it's so weird because in some ways they're like what has she done for gay people I'm like well actually she's done more than most people in her position would ever have to do but also mm. that scene's put them off yeah there's a blunt there's and people a hated that Born This Way was so bluntly an anthem for queer people and I'm like okay if you're like 25 35 45 and you're like a gay person with enough self-awareness and resources you don't give a shit about a fluffy disco pop song mm. but if like you were a 14, 10 year old kid in yeah. the middle of nowhere and you were yeah. Born This Way like that would like even had this argument with people who's my age who were like like I don't think it's the anthem she thought it was I'm like I remember that song when it dropped and playing it for kids in clubs my yeah. age and more yeah. like 18 to 22 and watching how they react to the songs yeah. like that and I'm like mm. it's very easy to like discuss it all day and then forget mm. that those things do connect because like we, we, we mentioned Calamity Jane earlier and like there are songs in Calamity, Calamity Jane that are queer anthems like Secret Love Secret Love come on oh, now like, I've never fucking... heard it. I'm like Secret Love I've never heard it. I'm like you're my Secret Love <laughs> it is very tender and very sweet but it's like, but it's within, within the context it starts they sing about Howard Keel yeah. you know it's yeah. a it's, sure. it's, it's a re- sure it's a it's a it's a queering of a, of a text that's allegedly yeah. written as a straight yeah. thing whereas Born This Way is Born this way is, oh, and like everyone was like, oh, it sounds like Express Yourself, and it did. But Express Yourself was a riff on disco records. Like Express mm. Yourself was a homage song anyway. So yeah. and you could argue she was doing a homage of an homage. Mm. But like I think it's postmodernism. It's, yeah, it's two things. It is. It's partly. It is a bit earnest and a bit like, oh, there's no need to be that. Like I support gay people. Yeah. Like, we get it. But also, it's a weird thing, and you see it sometimes. Even in how like kind of queer fronted stuff will get picked apart way more. Even like a show like Looking got torn apart or yeah. overanalyzed that like we're so not used to seeing that kind of thing represented clearly and honestly that we mm-hmm. I think on some level want to tear it down because it's easier to not have it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and even like when Katy Perry got this award from Hate Human Rights Campaign or HRC <laughs> recently and she was like, you know my song, I can stick her. And by the way, I actually think Katy Perry is a terrific pop songwriter and very smart. I don't... Yeah. She's a banger. And she's, um, so many, she's, it, she's tons of songs I'm like, when stunning. Sarah Quinn was on, was, she said yeah. that I Kiss the Girl was actually a very important song. Again, for young people in countries where 
there isn't normally LGBT content Things. getting through. Yeah. yeah. We wanted whereas, Sheeran's whereas, I Kissed a Girl. Whereas I Kissed a Girl oh, no, yeah. got no, everywhere. <laughs> and Sarah Quinn said that was Ill. she was kind See, of and that's glad funny because that. I know a lot of like particularly queer women who have a problem with the fact that the song is that sort of performative. Yeah, it makes mm. me a bit but sad. But yeah. you're right. See, the, and that thing about pop music, I think sometimes people forget because it's dismissed so frequently, including mm. people like Madonna, who still people don't think has anything to do with actual making of her music. Mm. Uh, like there's power in that. Like mm-hmm. if you can hit enough people with the message, hit them between the eyes, like or younger people who are like sort of searching for meaning and things, like it does help. Like even yeah. now with Madonna, people still seem surprised. Like like it's funny, there's loads of like, you know, biographies I've written about her or scandalous tell-alls and they're mm. always about like say like her brother you someone she yeah like someone she had an affair with or you know her relationship with Dennis Rodman which was so weird or that she actually went out with Tupac or blah 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 all these mad things about Madonna and they're all about her personal life and I'm, that's fine that's celebrity culture you muck right over people's personal lives that's the mm. nature of the beast it's gross but that's sort of the nature of it but I'm like for all the for all the behind the scenes things and rumours I've heard and from people who I know who've worked with her and said things no one has ever doubted that when it comes down to it she goes into a room and she actually works directly producers she does write songs she mm-hmm. actually like no one's ever doubted her actual musical savvy like maybe she's not gonna go and do a virtuoso piano solo or do no. 16 different guitar moves or like she has a lot of creative control but it's like she mm-hmm. actually does make her work like mm. and you can't take that away from her. you can say she's too sexual or she's too this but like ultimately she has a hand in the music and sometimes actually when you listen to the newer stuff you're like that's almost the problem is that she's not getting the right like collaborative yeah. inside voices yeah. to go well maybe do like, she's too, too like, controlling of it fine maybe if you do a Diplo record but don't make him give you like his B grade stuff like go and get the good Diplo mm. like when that she, good Diplo she worked in <laughs> that good Diplo <laughs> and she worked with Diplo and then like about three months later Major Le- actually almost the same time Major Laser released Lean On and that became like this total like pop mm-hmm. mammoth and For it kind of shifted the sound of pop music where it all still sounds like Lean On three, four years later and yeah. I'm like Madonna what room are you in that you didn't hear that song and take that song mm-hmm. and really push through maybe yeah. it's an age thing and the way things have gone and it wouldn't land in the same way mm-hmm. I was like why are you strumming over this cute but kind of average song and meanwhile Diplo and Co were over here with this other song like, They're like mm-hmm. Madonna 10 years ago would have recorded that song like, mm-hmm. there's where I'm like that's what we need to but there was another point about old Madge I was going to say and it has left my old brain Madge. old Madge old young Madge no Madge. like good old Madge what was it it was something to do with um, songs oh, oh. come back <laughs> it was like on the tip of my tongue I forgot her visual iconography has been really important yeah. as well oh she's like you can see her as a cartoon and all her for different iterations yeah. and you're like mm-hmm. cone bras then you're like brunette like like a virgin Madonna, then yeah, there's cowboy yeah. Madonna. Wedding, the wedding <laughs> dresses, the cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she for sure understood visual it's really cool. references and kind of would like stick with a visual theme long enough for, to sort of embed down your head as like the like thing British she was Madonna doing. when she was with Guy Ritchie. But yeah. actually, that's that, that, thank you, just reminding me of the thing I want to say that the whole thing when I got into American Life and that album was that was at peak British Madonna. Yeah. She did like an interview on Jonathan Ross and she's like, oh yes, I live with Guy Virgin. I love, and she named that cause of Bernard Manning, that really awful like, the oh, the racist, the, the racist yeah. Yeah. And She's like, I love Bernard Manning. Yes, you know, Guy and I love him. Blah, blah, blah. I wear flat like, caps and I... And at the time, <laughs> she was totally playing the part of like the, the kind of well quaffed like rich English lady living in a yeah. mansion and it was I remember people were like oh she's writing children's books and she's banging on about her house and the countryside she's become boring and pleasant and now it's that she's too sexy and raunchy people are like she should grow old gracefully I'm like but she did Evita and the boring mumsy 
like yeah. in a mansion mm-hmm. place like Madonna actually cannot win whatever she does no. yeah. like if she was to do that now at 57, 58 whatever she's age she is now the virgin and the whore yeah like yeah. she's the complete enemy of the patriarchy exactly like if she was 58 and decided to do all that stuff now they'd be like oh Madonna gave up she's boring or should we get all this favourable coverage and it would be so coded that you have finally bent to our whims and I kind of mm. love and they'd be like you you did it you did what you were supposed we to do you did what you wanted us to do and I'm like I kind of love that she's adopted two more kids and her family's growing yeah. and that she's not going out with anyone and if she was it might be a guy who's like 25 because I'm like you know what like what like it, she's already spent a whole career and a whole life breaking rules why would she suddenly at like 58 be like it's time for me to like really just knuckle down to the rules like hand mm. in my my cool ticket yeah (laughs) I'm retired like even I cannot fucking abide carpet karaoke I'm just gonna say it I don't really like it the James Corden phenomenon has left me cold carpet karaoke I only watched the occasional one with a star I really love I really Mm. liked the Adele one I also really like people singing in cars and I like I like singing in cars the Lima Miranda one was good the the musical one was good I think if you like the person you will get into it it's a great showcase for for people but But Corden I don't get but I like I love singing in cars and watching Madonna's one was fascinating because she didn't see it wasn't apparently it wasn't really tied to anything she projects were doing it was kind of the last I want to say six eight months she did it I didn't see it was mm. and it was funny but it was like the thing uh, this is a long way of saying like when I watched Corden I feel like he is constantly trying to outdo the celeb he's with yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, when he yeah. did it with Gaga it was I was like they are both such attention hogs this is my like my I'm stressed out yeah like when they're both singing a million reasons I was like Lady Gaga has never tried harder and that's like her whole life is trying hard like, yeah. like this is insane <laughs> and Madonna's one there was so many moments like that where I was like oh there's still life in the old girl yet because like there'd be bits where he was like she was kind of goading him she's very she's actually quite funny like she's not as funny as she thinks you'd she fu- is you'd, you'd probably but she's got a sharp funny if you're a Madonna like you yeah, need a really she's a sharp wit and she was kind of like nagging him a little bit I mean a little bit like oh you're wearing that shirt oh like little yeah. things like that Ooh. and he was obviously like oh, oh that was a nice shirt and she was like yeah it's fine like funny little shady moments mm-hmm. and there's one bit where he's singing with her and he's trying to like out sing Madonna I'm like Madonna's not more I carry, so she's not going to be like going up and down the scale anyway. No, mm. She's so not could, whistle registering. You could totally out sing Madonna if you wanted. And then, like, if you see it, like, she literally, during one of the sing alongs, climbs out of the car window and slides up, puts her leg, she throws her leg over her head. It's like she's saying, beat this, Corden. She's like, <laughs> yes. you're not going to climb out. You can't climb out of the car. Surprise, you're driving. Bitch. <laughs> you're driving. I can literally, and she's like, I'm like, that on my head. I'm like, this is just, Madonna was put in a car for a few hours to film this random thing. She's like, why am I doing this? And then she's like, oh, we want a show. And <sighs> to me, I was watching it, I was like, that says so much about her. That mm. this guy is like, and it's again, it's the fucking bloke who, like, he's talented, but, I just always say you would never get the female James Corden. Oh. That's like to go, like again visually as much she's done a like, Tony yeah, nominated show and no. he's very talented. There's just not the same freedom for a woman of his age and body shape to well, do that. Yeah, because yeah, like um, Gavin and Stacey, him and Ruth Jones wrote that and went. Well, they're not going to let us start. They're not going to let us star in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to make these two young, sexy people the main yeah. stars. And we'll just be the psychics. And he still wrote it into yeah. his career. And yeah. I, I, in my head, and this is part of me just reading way too much into it. I feel like Madonna and some of them went another guy. Of okay to average to talent and me. Well, just you wait. Look yeah. out the window, climbing. I'm like, if that had, if they let that run, she probably would have gotten on the roof of the car and like rising around and backflipped into the traffic. Still having that fucking energy. Whenever I, I know. Up, whenever I come up against situations where it's like me and dudes who think I'm loud, I'm always just like, <laughs> I give up, I'm out, whatever. Turn down the energy preserve for a different day. Whereas Mizana will rise to meet that. Whereas mm, there is an endless yeah. badassery running from some perpetual motion machine inside of her. Yeah. Where she's just like, literally everything she's doing is fucking the patriarchy and it's weird, at all yeah, times. Yeah, and it's weird too because in the last, like I feel like the last album was a little bit hit and miss and whatever. 
But the tour and the Billboard music, she won Woman of the Year, this Billboard Award mm. thing. And it's like kind of a make up award. But she did this incredible 10 minute speech for it. And it was like that on, the, on when I went to her That was tour. all about like her aging and stuff. Yeah, wasn't it was it? so her vulnerable and honest. And very... she was getting emotional during it. And you can see she's talking and she's trying to make these sort of like jokes to like undercut her own yeah. emotion. Yeah. And I was like, that's the side of it that I feel like whatever happens in the music and what she might get up to with Snog and Drake at Coachella or not or whatever, mm. there is a sense that she's sort of letting the mask slip a little now, which yeah. is fascinating. Like, yeah. whatever she gets up to, the fact that I went to see her on tour and she was actually genuinely Still. having fun with the audience yeah. and like doing one of the most physical shows ever, but also the most relaxed and lived in shows ever. I was like, okay, if you can let the like kind of machine like robotic vibe slip as you get a bit older like that's the middle I'm like you can kind of do whatever you want then mm. yeah like I'm like if you want to cavort around in the thong I don't really care because you're also like going hey there's a human being here you know mm-hmm. which is not something women like her get to do at any age so or I mean women get to do in public eye you know all. it's like, crazy she's I think there's there's something still extremely powerful about her and what people say about her sort of becomes emblematic, emblematic is that the phrase? Or yeah. Emblematic of what they say about women, women. bold women mm. in general or any women in general. So I think like she's sort of a litmus test for me in general, like I mean, about dickheads where it's exactly. like, exactly, yeah. where are you on Madonna? Where are you on Cher? Where are you on, you yeah. know? Yeah. Shade O'Connor's a big one. Yeah. Like, where, are you, yeah. where are you on Shade oh, O'Connor? Oh, but then as well, yeah. and again, this killed me to say because I think she is actually sometimes an underappreciated talent. She has said stuff in the last five, ten years about like, women and sexuality like even the Maya Sari thing a lot of her gig was she shouldn't dress like that because young girls dress like that and then they'll get attacked and this yeah. whole O'Connor. asking yeah, yeah. putting the like, onus on the girl I was like oh I'm we're just like, not really we... sure if she's okay but That's then I was also like question. she's not okay man you know after the Maya stuff about a year later too later it was all this stuff about like she was going through for her kids and I'm like okay Shane O'Connor has her own she's having a time like, let's not use someone else's like own stance and battle and point and sexuality to score points that are effectively yeah. super slut shamey. But you're right, how people talk about her mental health is very... Mental health, yeah, yeah. yeah. When general. people go like, well, she's just mad. I'm like, well, it's clearly not more complicated than that. Mm. Or they treat, like when her, we did, I think when we I all... I think it's a joke. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Like her social media was treated as like something we could all just endlessly laugh at. Yeah. It was mm. like, well, like, this is like, could be someone who's who's putting us out there because it's cry like, for help. Yeah. help. Mm-hmm. And, and again, people like her and Madonna and Cher... And that generation of women yeah. in pop, um, like they were doing a lot of shit first and in many ways yeah. gave a lot of young women permission. Do you know what I mean? To do what they For do sure, now. Yeah. Like the kind of culture that exists now amongst young women and how we all dress and how we do that. And we think we're all constantly influenced. I mean, we are all really influenced by like Kardashians and things like that. But mm-hmm. they, they like couldn't so exist without influenced. Madonna either. Like, I mean, the... There's a real sense of pioneership around these women. And you could argue some of it's not always amazing either. Like, no, no, if you don't like pop- the corporatization of sexuality or feminism, you could totally be like, oh, she sold this back to us. Which is, but it's like, you're, it's not a it's not a black or white thing But either. I was saying this, I, I was uh, on, the, on the Stone Face podcast last week and I, or two weeks ago and I was yelling about the, the, the meeting point at which feminism intersects with capitalism is always in, like where we feel like we're having our ethos sold back to us is always really uncomfortable. Mm, but yeah. that is also where it leaves academia and meets the public. Mm, so yeah, you either exactly. want to keep it it's as an untarnished, yeah. perfect, um, like controlled, growing theory that we then unleash when it's perfectly formed or it develops with people. And it's it'll all reach people be, then. It's uncomfortable, mm. but it'll reach people. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be weird little moments where like, is that right? Is that wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your faith problematic? Probably. Like mm. there's always going to be a bit of like, Ugh, about it but what is the alternative mm. that we're all sitting around we are literally all sitting around at a table <laughs> discussing whether or not things are appropriate <laughs> which yeah. is literally for me, that's right also, but that's also why I love Madonna because I just 
like I went to college and did a sociology degree but I don't consider myself a very academic person and like certainly like the concepts of like history and like high high road like things were all meant to know but I still struggle with but pop culture is such a great gateway drug to like mm, really. ideas and people and, and finding history. a sense of solace just researching and, and, yeah and getting you know, to know yeah. so, and like if you paid like we're talking about Madonna having a back catalogue there's also back catalogue references and things she was pulling from so like mm. if you wanted to people like her are a great gateway drug to kind of go okay well she worked with the, like she's such a film buff so you're like she mentioned that film that she's making that's referenced by this or like oh that famous photographer worked with her like oh and he's actually done this this and this and then you and go back when she, when she got Chris Cunningham to do the video for Frozen he'd only ever really done really like just Apex Men videos yeah really. like yeah. he'd done that stuff which was like obviously successful but not in the same palatable mainstream mm. way like she was doing that in the time of Britney and NSYNC you know like the mm. idea that she's like okay here's me as this scary goth witch in the middle of a desert like I'm basically a crow because yeah. Chris Cunningham is directing this like those things like that's... I love that video I was fascinated like, with it yeah. yeah like again I, I, as much as I actually really like pop music well some pop music right now is dire and boring but there's like glimmers of great stuff in it yeah like I can't imagine anyone doing that stuff again yeah. much like I can't imagine a Golden Girls being made now there's stuff Madonna did that I'm like, I just don't think a pop star would get a shot at all that stuff. No. There are a lot more Wasn't Katy Perry doing Frozen? Oh my God. Oh, yeah. but the thing is, Katy Perry is like, I've watched interviews of her where she's like trying to name drop what cool music she's into and stuff. And I'm just like, you know full well, she'd love to do a video like Frozen. She's mm. bringing Madonna like, oh, so how would I like do that video? Like, tell me. So, yeah. How did you go Katy Perry's a bit of a bash Like Teenage Dream Is literally one of the best Pop songs ever And I was actually yeah. Oh there are definitely Bangers yeah. in there Major bangers, bangers Like in there. I don't like, want to be Too harsh And wokey Perry <laughs> Did you watch um, Style to Rock When it was on Sky 1 was Where it was like it was fashion designers and the ultimate prize was to get to design a stage outfit for, for Rihanna. Rihanna. Yes. Yeah. Because Nicola Roberts was the because it was, she the, US was the judge. One, but yeah, I watched yeah. the UK one. Nicola Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katy Perry was like a like a semi final or quarter final person oh, who got yeah, to dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, the I was really impressed with how knowledgeable and in control of what her image was about. Yeah. Was. Yeah. I kind yeah. of expected her to be much more handled. Yeah. But she was definitely in the room going, "I don't like this about it. I like that about it." Oh, well, the, and, and yeah. Madonna is very like that, mm. and it's this weird thing with pop as well because it, the end product often has to have a shine to it or a mm. palatableness to mm. a ten-year-old and to an eight-year-old. Yeah. I think people think just as pretty because it's often the women who do the shiniest of that stuff that they haven't had a hand in it, and it's like I'm obsessed with this podcast at the moment called "And the Writer Is." I don't know if it's bad to like plug another podcast. No, no go for no, it. Yeah. It's called "And the Writer Is," and it's done by a guy called Ross Golan, who's like an American songwriter. He wrote um, "Dangerous Woman" for Ariana Grande. He's one of these big. Like, if you looked up the gospel, right? <laughs> no, sorry, it's just one of my. If you looked up his credits, I didn't know his name, even though I know quite a few pop songwriter people just because I'm a nerd. But he's worked on tons of stuff. But he interviews all these different people about the pop songwriting thing, and he talks mm. to Bonnie McKee in one episode, who co-wrote a lot of the big Katy Perry songs, mm. like "Teenage Dream," mm. the whole "Teenage Dream" album. She was very involved in. And it, you just realize this into it. You're like, sure, there's p- a lot of people in the room and there's a lot of hands once it gets into like the music video stage, yeah. and mm-hmm. promotion stage, but that there is a person, often the singer of the song, and in this case, the mm-hmm. co-writer song going, well, it's me singing it, so it has to be this. And there's that always that chord to Madonna, even though like mm-hmm. she didn't write Like a Virgin and Papa Don't no. Preach didn't write. It was rare for her to just be handed songs. And if she yeah. was, it's because she knew she would sell the sh- shit out of the song in every sense and also mm-hmm. could kind of like like a version is still a funny one to listen to because it's both a total come on but it's also a song about newness and it's mm. such a banger it's yeah. innocent mm. and kind of like I feel brand new like I feel like never had sex before because you're so amazing but it's mm-hmm. also like very wink wink and it is sexual but that's, yeah. just, but that's an extremely specific experience that's also yeah. very universal and yeah. that's why it's a fucking banger because we all know exactly what that is yeah or Papa Don't Preach is weird to oh, me but now such a weird one. that it's mm. a song about 
like bought in the autonomy, particularly in fucking Ireland, to think that there's this eighties pop song about like what is the young woman gonna do with her child? With her child it's yeah. fucking mm-hmm. it's and it's a bopper as well. It's a really lively melody. It has a melodramatic strings intro. Oh, the God, video yeah. is mm-hmm. like a short film. Like it's just I actually think it'll be really interesting to see what Madonna does in the space realm, like directing more films and stuff. I think that could be her. Like I, in a way, I'm like she could totally have a, an amazing film career. I was like, gonna say second act, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth act, because yeah. like, she did series eight. I didn't see <laughs> Filth and Wisdom, which is a film she directed, but I did see WE, which was like wasn't a bad movie. Like I got a really bad oh yeah, response. Mm-hmm. and I was like, this is not like an Oscar winner, but it's actually like fine. But like mm-hmm. there was, it was well made, and it was like beautifully shot, and I was like, you could just see that she actually put a quite bit of work into that and like I was like that's where I think her visual references and her stick withiness would like really prevail is like to actually because I am there's so like there's obviously women directors but there's just not the same volume of them mm. so if she because people are like I remember people being like oh she shouldn't be making films there's so many struggling directors blah, blah. I'm like well true but there's also guys like Colin Trevorrow or whatever his name is making a three million dollar indie like no safety guarantee whatever it's called and then mm. getting handed the keys to Jurassic World yeah. and like it's it's film directing is not a meritocracy so if Madonna has and she had to get that movie funded herself and like get then make it and then get it put to a studio if like she's putting that effort in she can direct whatever fucking film she wants mm-hmm. you know so that kind of stuff I'd love the idea that she might kind of go into the film world or something maybe she could direct the Golden Girls reboot I don't know oh I'm trying God. to make this full circle there's more, there's more of her she'd make it so graphically sexual like they'd she'd all be, be like, like we're a Golden Girls alright <laughs> <laughs> That's like, my Madonna, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> so, do we have any final thoughts about Madonna or have we cleared our heads out, do we think? I think we may. Yeah. We may have cleared our heads out. Shall we leave it there? Yes, thank yes. you okay. for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks, thank Connor, you. And thank you again, Happy Curtis. Because this is the Pride edition. Yeah. yeah. Happy Pride, have everybody. A stunning Pride. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.